Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring My Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at trustmark.com. Member FDIC. Good morning. It's 8.30. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, legislators worked all weekend to finalize the state budget, but funding for some of the largest agencies is still up in the air. We'll have the latest. And after Everyday Tech, learn more about a new effort to improve relationships between police and teens in one Delta community. It was exciting to see that what the police officers have to deal with on a day basis when they stop somebody at a traffic stop. And they tell what the idea of in their mind, saying that they want to go home just like you want to go home. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Today is the deadline for Mississippi lawmakers to finalize next year's budget. Legislators spent the weekend hammering out the details that include cuts to almost all state agencies. Budgets for some of the largest agencies, like the Department of Education, the Health Department, and the College Board, have to be finalized today. In particular, legislators on both sides of the aisle are concerned about even more cuts to the University of Mississippi Medical Center, which just this month had to lay off about 200 staff. Republican Terry Burton of Newton is president pro tempore of the Senate. He spoke with our Desiree Frazier after a long day of legislative back and forth. The UMMC uh, folks are, are, of course, upset with the budget numbers, as we all are. and We'd like to have more money available to them. But everybody has to share in the pain. The legislature cut our own budget 12 percent. We're going to see some uh, reductions here. And so, every, you know, the budget is uh, what it is. We have the monies available to do certain things. We have to split it up as best we can and try to make sure that people are able to provide services to the citizens. And that's, uh, that's why the roll call was suggested today on the UMMC bill. And we'll see more roll calls on other uh, conference reports as well. But this one was about the budget. This one was about the money. And uh, to make a point that UMMC does generate money for the state, by the same token, we only have so much to give out. In terms of some of the major agencies, state agencies, they were recommitted, which means their budgets haven't been passed. Why is that? Well, we could. it's staff. We have a very small staff compared to most other states. Most other states have two or three staff members for each committee, uh, five or six lawyers for each committee. Uh, a lot of each each individual senator or representative in many states have a staff member or two dedicated strictly to them. We have shared staff. We share staff with the House and the Senate on the Legislative Budget Committee uh, uh, reports, and those uh, budget staff analysts do the very best they can to keep up, but sometimes we just run out of time. Once those decisions are made, it takes a while to generate those reports, and so they were overwhelmed, and we certainly understand that. So. A lot of those were filed with zero dollars so that we could recommit them and put the real money uh, dollars in. Monday is a big day then. Monday's a huge day. We have to have everything refiled tomorrow afternoon, passed on the floor, and uh, we have uh, a, a filing deadline of 8 o'clock for conference reports on general bills. 
it, what, one of the things that's very, very important, and that is we're trying to be much more conservative with our revenue estimate, the amount of money that we think we're going to have, have to spend next year. And that's why some of the budgets have been reduced. I mean, all the budgets, with the exceptions of just one or two, have been reduced this year below uh, the legislative budget committee recommendation and back about 17 and even below uh, the FY17 levels. The reason for that is we don't want any more mid-year cuts. We're going to try to be conservative with the numbers, set the budgets at a, at a place where people can plan. And if state agencies can plan without the fear of additional cuts in FY18, then I think that's a prudent thing to do. And we can come back and regroup and, and pick everybody back up to speed in, eight, in uh, fiscal year 19. But right now we have to be very frugal, very, uh, you know, uh, safe with that number so that we don't have mid-year budget cuts to the tune of three or four like we did this year. There are some uh, Republicans that are joining Democrats and asking that the tax cuts that are supposed to be phased in in July um, are delayed. Your feelings on that? I haven't heard any Republicans on the Senate side say anything to me personally about On the House that. side. So I'm not sure where that's coming from, but on the House side, maybe I did hear about one uh, particular representative uh, who had made a comment about that. But I, I've not heard that on our side, and I think that we would be uh, – it, it would not bode well for us to promise the folks that they would get an, an increase in their own pocketbooks by saving taxes and then come back and say, oh, we didn't mean it. We're going to take it back. We're going to put it off. I think we need to stick to our guns. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Senator Terry Burton, Democratic Senator David Blunt of Jackson, has spent most of this legislative session decrying tax cuts and tax-related incentive packages given to businesses by the Republican-led legislature and administration. Blunt tells Desiree Frazier the cuts to UMMC could have been avoided. Well, the budget being proposed by the Republican leadership in the legislature is devastating to the medical center. I mean, we know that just last week more than 200 people were laid off. Uh, we also know that they're proposing further cuts, uh, a $14 million cut. That's 8% less uh, next year than they got uh, this year. Uh, and it's a terrible decision. The medical center is, is a, the jewel of the state of Mississippi, provides health care training for for most healthcare professionals in the state, uh, and it's a devastating cut, and it needs to be changed. What are you advocating for? Where would the money come from? The entire budget uh, disaster that the state is facing is a direct result of bad decisions by Republican leadership to insist on massive tax cuts uh, in the face of a failure to provide for basic infrastructure, basic services basic health care, uh, and we've got to, we've got to look at the, at the tax cuts that have been forced uh, over the last few years and, and, and the budget that they've created. What was that issue in the roll, roll call vote? Well, specifically, uh, we know that the budget being proposed by the uh, Republican leadership cuts the University Medical Center. In addition to all the cuts they've already received over the past two years, this is a further cut of $13.9 million, or 8% less money next year than they got last year. This is at the same time that the state has expanded uh, the medical school. We built a new medical school building. We're going to enroll more medical school students. That's a great thing. It's going to be great for our state. And then we're hitting them with an 8% budget cut. It just doesn't make any sense. Do you think it's going to mean more layoffs? 
I'm very scared that it's going to mean more layoffs. And, and so the, the people who uh, want to politic and say they want to reduce the size of government need to be uh, happy with themselves for the layoffs that this budget is going to create. So where does it stand now? Uh, well, uh, it looks like we'll have a budget finalized within the next few days, uh, and uh, it's not going to be a pretty one. Is the UMMC uh, 14% cut pretty much a done deal? Uh, nothing's a done deal until the legislature goes home, but uh, all indications are that the session will be over uh, later in the week, and, and then we'll see where we stand. How are you um, feeling about uh, major agencies being recommitted? Uh, the situation with the budget is not the result of the Great Recession. It's not the result of a, a, of a disaster like Katrina. It's the result of bad decisions made by the Republican political leadership in this state. Uh, that's what's causing the situation that we're in. Uh, and it's time to uh, take a real serious look at some of those decisions and, and make some changes. Senator David Blunt. Senator Robert Johnson, a Democrat from Natchez, explains why some of the largest spending plans were sent back to committees for more work. They were recommitted because the actual numbers that need to be in the bill in terms of how much money we will have available for them, uh, that number has been, not been settled yet. And it's still in negotiations. We still have, they still have to rec- reconcile what they put in those bills with the cuts that have been made. So those decisions are still being made. How are you feeling about the process? Uh, I'm, I don't feel very good about the process. I don't think we've done as much as we need to do. I think we're in a pretty critical situation when you have areas such as the Department of Health, Department of Mental Health. I just think that those are uh, agencies that the need is so great and that the need is so important that you you, you have to dip into maybe the rainy day fund or something to shore up those budgets. We just don't have room to cut those services. The governor has made more cuts and has dipped into the rainy day fund. Does that help at all? It helps some, but it does, it's, it's not being concentrated in the areas where it needs to be. And that we, we need to make sure if we're going to go into the rainy day fund, the money needs to go to mental health, uh, Department of Health, areas where people are in dire need of those services who can't get them anywhere else. Do you know that that's not happening? Uh, it hasn't happened so far, and I don't see any focus or any. No, it, there's no inclination that I see that that's where we're going to be looking. Do you know where the money is going? Well, they're spreading it around. It's not like they're giving it unfairly to anybody. They just, and, and it's, it's our opinion that you focus on the areas where our citizens need it the most, and I don't see that happening. They're treating every agency like it's the same, and they're, and they're not. There are some that are more critical and, and, and serve a more critical need than others. That's, but that's my opinion. So that's what I'd like to see happen. Democratic Senator Robert Johnson with our Desiree Frazier. We also heard from Democratic Senator David Blunt and Republican Senator Terry Burden. The legislature reconvenes at 9 this morning to finalize the budget for fiscal year 2018, which starts July 1st. Learn more about a new effort to improve relationships between police and teens in one Delta community. That's after Everyday Tech. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Join me each Tuesday for Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Each week we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental obstacles to family interaction, from depression to handling life's disruptions, discovering things that make you happy, or how to get around things keeping you from your happiness. I want to hear what's going on in your life. 
Relatively Speaking, part of the Daily Southern Remedy Series, tomorrow morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Sherita Brett here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we'll talk about a few tech tools to have handy during your day-to-day activities, such as a portable battery pack, USB drive, and cases for your tech devices. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you today? Good morning. Doing well. The first tool we're going to talk about is something that I have. I've had multiple of these, and they are seriously lifesavers, and that is portable battery packs. I had gotten one once for Christmas, and it was huge. It looked like this Batman gadget, and it could charge multiple devices at once. And I was told by my uncle that it was an extremely powerful pack. Could you explain the differences in levels of power when it comes to these battery packs? So these battery packs are going to come with a rating of milliamp hours. And the higher the milliamp hours, the more it will be able to charge. I personally have one that's about 10,000, and that'll charge my Galaxy S7 three and a half times. Right. And you can charge more than one device at once. Yes, you can. Also, you can get some that you can actually charge while it's charging your device. Now, not all of them do that, but it's called pass-through charging, and it allows you to keep your juice in your battery pack. That way you're not draining it, but you're also able to charge your phone at the same time. Yeah, because that's the catch. You have to charge the battery pack and have it charged to charge your other devices. And a tip on that is uh, don't use your phone while it's hooked up to the battery pack because Mm -hmm. you're just draining that battery right out. You're not even giving it a chance to charge up. So you're you're just depleting your backup source. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the price range? How much should you pay for these things? These things are relatively affordable. Um, The 10,000 milliamp one that I got, I think I got it on sale and it was like $30, but they'll probably, to get one that's going to charge one device multiple times or multiple devices at least once, I'd say probably 30 to $40. Okay. But you can get them smaller. There are some that you can get for like $20. Uh, you want to try to make sure you get it from a reputable seller. Uh, but if you buy it online, especially check ratings and stuff like that, because you want to get a good name brand source. You don't want to go cheap on something like that. You want something quality. Because I've seen portable battery packs that look like lipstick cases. Uh, I have some really small ones that might I might get one charge out of it. So you kind of get what you pay for, right? Exactly. So what about the idea of having an extra battery altogether? I know someone who had a Samsung Galaxy, and he would just carry around an extra battery to put in the phone when it went dead. It's not a bad idea, and um, I actually recommend that to clients when they damage their charge port, but they can't fix it. So let's say the Galaxy S5. That is an exceptionally difficult phone to fix a charge port on. So we actually have to like lift the screen out to fix it. And so most people don't want to pay that because you risk damaging the screen as well. So they'll get them an extra battery and they'll just take the back off and put a new battery in it. And they'll just have a charger and they'll have a few batteries and just keep them charged. Mm-hmm. So another tech tool we're going to talk about is a USB drive. What does USB stand for? I don't know. Universal Serial Bus. Oh, okay. Never yeah, guessed that. didn't tell you anything at all about what it does, <laughs> does it? Right. So why uh, is a USB drive a good tech tool to keep around? Uh, if you want to move files from one computer to another, it's, it's best to use a USB drive. There are people that will share them over their network and stuff like that, but generally files move faster when you move them physically. Mm-hmm. So to put them physically on the drive and then take the drive over to the other device you want to put it on and then copy it onto it will be a much faster process than transferring over your home network. And these drives have different amounts of storage too, right? Yes. And uh, most of these days, um, you can find eight uh, eight gigabyte ones for around $10. Uh, and then they go upwards, 16 gigs. They're getting very large, like 256 gigabyte USB drive 
or even the little micro SD cards, 256 gigabytes. And that little thing. That's just a crazy amount of storage. Wow. Yep. And uh, one more tool we're going to talk about is cases. You've mentioned that sometimes you've had some clients come with their laptop in a Walmart bag. In a Walmart bag, yeah. Which is a little dangerous. So uh, I used to have a, a soft cushioned case. Do you think hard cases or soft cases are? Soft cases are good for, for most things. I mean, you obviously want to be very careful about where you're where you're putting it. You don't just throw it around even if it's in a case. But um, I have a soft case on my MacBook, and that's worked perfectly fine. Like a neoprene zippered case works very well. And also tempered glass on the screen is not a bad idea because it absorb some of the impact. And there's some really strong tempered glass out there. You should go watch some YouTube videos. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more about tech tools at a later date on Everyday Tech. The show comes on Wednesday mornings at 10 on MPB Think Radio. For Jeremy Thompson, I'm Sherita Brent. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. Thanks for listening. Jason Klein, director of radio here at MPB. We asked and you delivered. One day, one drive reached our goal because of you. MPB Think Radio is your station, and you proved it by donating $125,000 in one day. You made public radio history in Mississippi. All that's left to say is thank you. Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. One Mississippi school is joining forces with state and local law enforcement to develop stronger relationships between officers and teenagers. High school students and police officers from Clarksdale, along with the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office, are pioneers in a program called Bridge the Gap. The goal is to encourage open communication between law enforcement and local teens. Last week, 130 students at Clarksdale High School simulated the real-life scenarios police officers experience every day, like routine traffic stops. 11th grader Avnuna M. Ranson says the event gave her a new perspective on law enforcement. It was exciting to see that what the police officers have to deal with on a day basis when they stop somebody at a traffic stop. And they tell what the ideal of in their mind, saying that they want to go home just like you want to go home. William Reed is Clarksdale's chief of police. He spoke with MPB's Alexis Ware about the Bridge the Gap program. What we're doing is we're actually bridging the distance between law enforcement and the students in the school. Uh, We're doing that by certain scenarios, which allows the officers to work with the students. And in return, then the students become the police officer. And they get to see how it is to be an officer and the students, vice versa. I think it's been a good program for both the police department and the students. Uh, We learned a lot. Uh, We hope they learned a lot. I came out on Monday and kind of viewed the scenarios and watched it. And, of course, came back this morning, and it was a huge difference. Even though they were different students every day, you know, you're going to meet the challenge or a little adversity when you first start. But I think the buy-in was awesome on both parties. I think the students bought into what we were trying to do and the officers bought into what the students were trying to do. And when the community comes together like that, I mean, these children are going to be our leaders one day. Uh, I hope that this program, we need to go down a little bit. What I mean by that is try to reach some younger students. Uh, A lot of these students are at the crossroads. 
I mean, they're going to make some very important decisions in the next couple of years. Uh, the main thing is we don't want them to fear the police. Uh, we're your friend. We're out here to help you. We're trying to break that stigma. I know a lot of mistakes have been made in law enforcement, and there will be more mistakes, but this kind of helps the students and the officers understand each, each other. I mean, I think it's a great program. I'm proud that we got to participate in it. Main, my main goal as a chief is uh, that this is the start of the program, not the end. This is not a finale. What were some of the interactions that happened this week, the mock interactions? They had multiple scenarios, some traffic stops, you know, about what you should do when the officer asks you to do certain things uh, to comply. They had some inside some convenience stores and then a course of disturbance where you have two parties arguing at each other. I would encourage anybody, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young, where you're from, what color you are, what race you are, what religion, doesn't matter. When a law enforcement officer asks you something, if you comply, if you feel like that you're being misled or you have a discrepancy with it, there's a legal road or complaint road that you can go down that's much clearer. It's a clear road and you can see down it. When you get physical or belligerent, now the the weeds start to grow on that road because both parties now have a legal duty. And my encouragement would be just if, if you're asked to do something, just comply with it. You can always file your complaint later on any level that you need to file it on. I also encourage my officers, you know, hey, treat everybody fair. We're blue. Everybody's neutral. You don't want to see color. We're going to treat everybody exactly the same. And if you don't treat everybody exactly the same, then that's where our administrative process comes in, and we're going to deal with that. Do you think that programs like this will help Clarksdale or any city avoid some of the issues that have been in the media lately? I do. I mean, it's no doubt that you've got to make an effort. If you don't make an effort, then, then you lose. Uh, and we, we've identified a problem. I mean, the problem might be over here, over there, another state. I mean, we, we've never had that problem, a real big problem in Clarksdale. Uh, but we, we want to get ahead of that. We don't want to see the problem. We want the community to know that we're here for them. Uh, if you wait for the problem to come before you put a plan in play, then you're not leading, you're following. And that's one reason that we wanted to go ahead and implement the program. I mean, I've seen some things over the last 26 years, the change in law enforcement, the change in the way the community views law enforcement. And, and I'll give you a prime example. If you were traveling down the highway at 10 o'clock at night, right now, you're interviewing me, and I stopped you, what would be the first thing you thought when I stepped out of my car and be honest with me? I don't know, but I'm just generally afraid of the police because I'm afraid of getting in trouble. See? <laughs> but... You shouldn't be afraid because we're, we're only addressing a situation that could actually put you in danger. Most people don't think about that. And it, it shouldn't be a fear of the officer. It might be a fear of obtaining a fine or a fear of having to go to court. But when you start fearing the individual, uh, that's, that's what we're trying to fix. So now I'm mentoring you because you have the same fear. I'm telling you, blue lights make my stomach flutter. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we, we don't want that. We want to erase that. I mean, What has been your officer's response um, of interacting with the students this week? They like it. I mean, they've been encouraged by the students. They like it. I mean, everything that I've received back from them has been good. They want to continue it. I think they've developed a relationship with some of the students. I mean, obviously... 
it's good when you can do these kind of things and everything that you're doing is not dealing with some type of major attorneys or court, which we deal with all the time. So they've really enjoyed working with those kids. I, I think that I think the officers probably learned more than the kids, which was good for me, you know, because kids will be kids and they, they're going, you know, I went to school, so I know how these things go. But we, we hope we made a great impact. But it's impacted the officers that have been out here really well. I mean, they've enjoyed it. William Reed is Chief of Police of Clarksdale Police Department. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for local Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. If you missed part of the show today, you can find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app in any mobile store. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring Trustmark Deposit Express, ATMs for business and personal banking. No deposit slips, no envelopes, no waiting. Most deposits made by 9 p.m. weekdays are credited that day. Details at Trustmark.com, member FDIC.